0: This is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Thanks. Thanks for coming. This is episode 69, the 16th part of the 100-mile history still in the 1970s. I will tell the story of a couple of talented self-promoters who ran 100 miles multiple times that grabbed headlines. Max Telford of New Zealand and Alan Jones, Captain America
1: when Captain America throws his mighty shield. A hundred miles, a hundred miles, a hundred miles, a hundred miles, you can hear the whistle blow, a hundred miles.
0: In the 1970s, the sport of ultrarunning received very little attention in the mainstream media, The only ultra-runners who really succeeded in getting the attention of the public were those who rarely participated in formal races and instead put on endurance stunts that were attention-grabbers. The most prominent runners had the help of skilled marketing resources to help their name get in the spotlight. Their goal was not to go after sanctioned records or even formal course records. Instead, they focused mostly on getting their name into the Guinness Book of World Records to claim invented world records, which are what we call today, Fastest Known Times. Because the most elite ultra-runners in the world were not self-promoters, they remained in general obscurity except among their ultra-running competitors and clubs. It was the self-promoters who truly became famous. Two of these individuals who caught the attention of the American public in the 1970s were Max Telford of New Zealand and Alan Jones, a Marine from Iowa who was stationed in Oregon. Telford was touted as being the greatest long-distance runner in the world and Jones became known as Captain America. Captain America! Both ran 100 miles and both their stories are fascinating and inspirational. It is believed that neither went down the fraudulent road, as many of the other self-promoters did. Max Telford from Scotland and New Zealand was a legitimate elite ultra-runner who sought out amazing running adventures to be the first or the fastest. He did race in some legitimate competitive races, but never really truly competed against the best in the world. Instead, he did many successful solo stunts and self-promotions, working with sponsors who at the time made over-the-top claims about his abilities. He had ambitions to become the greatest long-distance runner of all time, and many people of his time believed he was. Telford grew up in Scotland. He went to work in the clothing industry and played rugby and soccer when serving in the military. After moving to New Zealand in 1958, when he was about 22 years old, he joined the Mount Albert Athletic Club to get into shape for rugby season. He enjoyed running and did pretty well, so he decided to stick with it. Telford first ran middle distance and cross-country. At the age of 32, when Telford didn't qualify for the Mexico Olympics in 1968, he decided to move up to the ultra distances. Telford said, I quickly found I could run incredibly long distances with no strain really. I stood up to it very well and soon was covering 50 miles, then 100. About 1971, he quit his job in the clothing business to run full time and do physical fitness instruction. He became the first to run the length of New Zealand's North Island 717 miles That brought him some fame and started him on the road to do attention-getting, inspiring running stunts. In 1974, Telford got his name in the Guinness Book of World Records for a non-stop running record of 131 miles in 22 and a half hours, which was far off Ron Bentley's 161-mile, 24-hour record. This confusing non-stop record in the book allowed record seekers to stop five minutes each hour. He chose a very flat road section to run on. I knew I would have to run at night sometime, and since it's a lot harder running in the dark, I wanted to run at night early when I still had my wits about me. So I took off at 3 p.m. He broke the, quote, world record at 121 miles. Once you get a world record, all the body wants to do is stop. I wanted to add 10 miles to the record so that the next guy would have to work harder. Telford wanted to break the end-to-end record across Death Valley. He prepared by running on a treadmill in a sauna in Auckland, New Zealand. He crushed the record by about 15 hours, finishing the 111 mile distance in 19 hours. The temperature ranged from 90 degrees down to freezing at night. The Death Valley runner snobs in America did not want to see their records broken. They sneered at his accomplishment and said he did it wrong because he ran in the winter. So Telford made plans to return and wanted to really show them by running a double end-to-end Death Valley in the July heat and purposely finish on America's Independence Day. Telford, age 41, came to the US two weeks prior to this Death Valley attempt and decided to also do a double crossing of the Grand Canyon. He used it as a tune-up for his Death Valley run. He said of the canyon, When I first saw it, I was overwhelmed. The switchback trail was only three to six feet wide, very stony, very dangerous. The Grand Canyon Park rangers were thrilled and told him that a double crossing had never been done before, but it had. See episode 47. As Telford was coming back up out of the canyon, the rangers told tourists what was happening and several hundred people cheered when he finished with a very impressive time of eight hours, 34 minutes. It was a new fastest known time. In July 1976, Telford attempted his Death Valley double-crossing run. The temperature got up to 125 degrees in the shade. My wife Doris, who was in the van, broke an egg on the road and it fried in a matter of seconds. I'd toss her my steaming shoes and she'd catch them like hot potatoes,
1: <gasps>
0: then hand me a cold pear from the fridge. He developed bad blisters at 100 miles, considered quitting after his first crossing, but once he reached Scotty's castle, he was determined to continue back. He succeeded in running across Death Valley and back, a distance of about 222 miles in 73 hours, finishing as planned on July 4th. When he finished, he wept, something <laughs> his wife had never seen him do before after a running effort. He explained that he had never run to Helen back before. It took him six weeks to recover. In October 1976, Max flew to Hawaii. He was there to attempt to better his non-stop running world record by running around the perimeter of the island of Oahu. He was sponsored by Avis and succeeded in his quest, and the stunt was covered by a local radio station. He fascinated the Hawaii public who wanted to know more about him. He said, I don't smoke, but enjoy a beer, and am a rather hearty eater, with a preference for steak and eggs. He duped the press into believing he was a different breed of ultra runner. They wrote,
1: He's one of the few ultra distance runners who believes in the theory of eating while running.
0: (laughs) That claim, of course, was silly. Ultra runners had been eating on the run for more than 100 years. Telford successfully raised his Guinness record to 134 miles in 21 hours. He had hoped to continue further to 200 miles, but the humidity sapped more of his strength than expected. He said, The thing that made it tough was the heat and the sun. I was like a red lobster when I finished in 21 hours. It was an amazing experience. A few months later in 1977, Telford continued pursuing his non-stop running record and ran 186 miles on Maui in 31 hours 33 minutes and did set a world's fastest known time for a road 300 kilometers. Telford claimed that he held 12 world records for long distance running. He was being touted by the media as quote the world's greatest long distance runner because his name was in the guinness book of world records but he did not hold any traditional ultra running world records his records were all what we now call fastest known times most of them just untried by anyone else he was elite but not the greatest of his time the difference was that he had professional marketing help to put him in the spotlight stunts interested the public more than runners circling courses. Those who truly knew who were the best were interested to see him compete against Park Barner of Pennsylvania on the C&O Canal towpath in Maryland. See episode 51. But he did not. Instead, Telford worked to increase his fame in Hawaii and was giving presentations and showing his new 50-minute film, Into Death Valley, charging admission the film was later picked up by abc television and showed nationwide finally telford decided to go after a real ultra running record ron bentley's 161 mile 24-hour record see episode 65. but unfortunately Telford did not choose to compete in a certified race against competition instead he set up his own publicity event at hawaii kai recreation center on a four-mile road loop along a highway he said It's a good course. The terrain is flat. He discussed his strategy. I will try to average seven to eight miles per hour as long as I am able. I am one of the few distance runners who can eat and drink while running with no ill effects. The most difficult time I expect will be in the early morning hours. That's when my body tells me it's time to go to bed, but it knows that it can't. You simply must keep your mind clear of such thoughts and trudge on. Telford, age 41, gave it a good effort and started at 10 a.m. on January 15, 1977. He was paced 100 miles by Master Gunnery Sergeant Tom Knoll of the Marines. Cindy Dalrymple of the University of Hawaii also ran 44 miles with him. Telford ended up running an impressive 155 miles in 24 hours.
1: Telford said he was a little legwary weary when it was all over. But instead of going to bed, he sat down to a breakfast of pancakes. Yeah, I like pancakes. Did you hear me? I like pancakes. Yeah. Later in
0: 1977, Telford accomplished his greatest adventure, a run from Anchorage, Alaska, across Canada to Nova Scotia. 5,110 miles in 106 days. He compared it equal in magnitude, quote, as the climb up Mount Everest. Along the way, he was chased by a bear in the Yukon. He said, The bear came out of the woods near the highway and just started to jog along behind me. It was pretty scary. He said he was saved when a truck came along and distracted the animal. In Quebec, he was arrested by a policeman for running on a highway. After being brought to the police station, hearing how far he was running, they laughed and let him go. Telford was referred to as the, quote, super marathon man, but didn't get much attention in Canada. People in the towns did not pour out for autographs. We tried to encourage local runners as we traveled along the country, but they weren't keen for it. One of his greatest challenges along the way was battling depression. It gets you down, the body gets tired, and one part of your mind says stop, and the other part says keep going. He claimed that his run set a world record for the longest run ever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right.
0: It was not. In 1974, a runner ran further from Turkey to India, but Telford's daily average was significantly higher and very impressive. Mm -hmm. In 1978, Telford went on promotional tours and claimed to, quote, hold more world records than anyone else. The press called him the premier ultra runner in the world. He told of big plans to run the Alaska Pipeline, the Great Wall of China, and from Cairo, Egypt to Jerusalem. None of those runs ended up taking place. He did later run in some legitimate races in Hawaii, and in 1979 won a 100 miler in 13 hours, 53 minutes. I was secretly hoping to break 13 hours, but I was bothered by blisters which resulted from the rain. What's important is that I won the race. He said that he wanted to be, quote, number one in ultra running. His 100 mile time was about the seventh fastest for 1979 in the world, and about two hours slower than the existing world record. In 1981, he ran Western States 100 and finished 30th, with a time of 22 hours, 26 minutes. Telford moved to Hawaii where he was loved and started promoting a line of running clothes and equipment. He also became a professional running coach. Hawaii at the time was a running mecca. There were more runners per capita than any other state. He felt that the time had come to reap monetary benefits from his fame. The Hawaii newspaper promoted that Telford was running every weekday morning at 6 a.m. with some new running shoes he was promoting. Telford continued for the next decade to do creative journey runs, accomplishing various mountain firsts. He ran in a few real races and successfully cashed in on his fame with some good publicity management help. In 2011, at the age of 75, Telford was inducted into the Scottish Borders Hall of Fame. He said, Running consumed my life. I've been running for 50 years and there's no reason for me to keep running anymore. But I still run every day. Running is part of my lifestyle. If I can't run, I'm really irritable. In 2016, he said he had run more than 187,000 lifetime miles. In 2020, Max Telford was 84 and living in the Philippines. Alan Jones was from Lamars, Iowa. As a 5-year-old child, he was stricken by polio, which left his right leg slightly shorter than his left. When he was 17, he suffered a serious back injury when he got hurt jumping over a parking meter. A doctor told him to look forward to a lifetime desk job, but Jones would not accept that advice and worked hard to become a very fit athlete. Jones attended the University of South Dakota, where he participated in sports as a gymnast and a swimmer. After college in 1969, Jones went into the Marine Corps and served in Vietnam where he earned a Bronze Star and a Purple Heart.
1: He was on a riverboat patrol and got ambushed. As he reached shore, a round of mortar hit about 10 yards from where he was, lifted him five feet in the air, and flipped him over a couple times. Jones received shrapnel wounds in both legs and in his right arm.
0: While serving, he was a standout athlete. In 1972, he was selected out of 10,000 men to represent the Marines in an honorary position at the 1972 Olympics at Munich, Germany. He loved associating with the athletes and came back feeling he could become as good as they were. In 1972, Jones became a recruiting captain in Oregon.
1: Behind his desk in the recruiting office, Jones looks a bit like the guy who gets sand kicked in his face at the beach. He's 5 foot 4, 150 pounds, fair skin, regulation hair.
0: Each day starting at 5:30 a.m. he would run four miles to a pool in Vancouver, Washington, where he swam a mile. He then would run several miles to his office in downtown Portland, Oregon. After work he would run another four to eight miles, do 1,000 sit-ups, and work out with his weights. He said, I guess I take 30 to 40 vitamin pills a day. I don't eat much during the day and have a medium-sized meal after my last workout. Every now and then, somebody pushes a beer
1: under my nose. But of course, I don't smoke.
0: He took part with nine other Marines in a three-man relay run, 310 miles across Oregon in 41 hours to raise money for the Special Olympics. A few months later, he swam 45 miles in 14 hours down the Columbia River. During his swim, boaters, unable to figure out what a man was doing in the middle of the river and not headed for either shore, had tried to rescue him once the Coast Guard was called. In 1974, at the age of 27, Jones captured the imagination of Oregon and the rest of the country as he went on to accomplish some continued impressive endurance feats. First, he swam 100 miles down the Columbia River in 35 hours, 30 hours in the water. He started at 5.30 a.m. at the Dalles, wearing a wetsuit and accompanied by a boatload of Marines. He carried with him bottles of honey, carol syrup, and vegetable juice. I watched the scenery, fish and boats go by. Some of the people on the boats thought I was
1: drowning and wanted to rescue me, but I waved them off.
0: He was clearly a stunt artist, but claimed that he was just trying to promote physical fitness. He said, I promote the physical conditioning provided in the Marine Corps, raise money for charity, and I do it for personal satisfaction. But he also admitted that his efforts were to attract attention to the Marine Corps recruiting. There is a lack of incentive or draft
1: pressure in what we call the all-volunteer environment, and we just don't have the advertising budget the other services have.
0: Jones set his sights to break a series of records in the Guinness Book of World Records. The Marine Corps publicity organization was successfully able to get his various news stories published nationwide, increasing his fame. On August 18, 1974, Jones did 27,003 sit-ups nonstop at the Janssen Beach Center in Salem, Oregon. In 28 hours and 50 minutes, he performed in front of an audience and the proceeds for the event went to the Oregon Lung Association. To close out 1974, he ran 199 miles in one stretch through a raging rainstorm from Pendleton to Portland, Oregon to commemorate the Marines' 199th birthday and benefiting the Oregon Lung Association again. On February 2, 1975, Jones claimed to set a world record for sinking the most basketball free throws, 3,802 in 12 hours. He also set a record for skipping rope, 48,010 times. His commanding officer said Jones was, quote, undoubtedly one of the fittest men alive. That summer, he swam 500 miles down the Snake and Columbia rivers from Idaho to the Oregon coast in 11 days, taking breaks at night. He followed the last leg of the historic Lewis and Clark expedition. During his journey, he was accompanied by a couple of Marines in a 21-foot sailboat. Despite the day-by-day news coverage, only $1,000 was raised for charity. For his greatest stunt, Jones, at age 29, attempted to swim 800 miles down the Mississippi River.
1: Mississippi, Mississippi, Mississippi River. He started Minnesota and he seemed to go forever.
0: He started on May 24, 1976 at St. Anthony Falls, Minnesota. His wife and sister drove along the river in a van providing him support at rest stops and overnight stays. Wayne Thompson from Portland, Oregon also swam with him. The swimming trek was covered in newspapers all over the country. After 400 miles, Jones reported,
1: We've received a few minor sores from the river, but otherwise no big effects from pollution. We continually have to get out of the way of barges, and sometimes boaters come out to save us.
0: Continuing, Jones suffered from severe skin infections and was unable to bend one leg. After 22 days, Jones quit the swim after 700 miles at St. Louis, Missouri, because he had to get back to the Marines. Thompson continued all the way to New Orleans, swimming 1,700 miles. On December 22, 1976, Jones, age 29, started a 100-mile run hoping to finish in less than 24 hours. He picked for this route to run from Fort Dodge in Iowa to historic Gardner Cabin at Lake Okoboji at Pillsbury Point. He wanted to retrace the journey of an 1857 rescue party that came to the aid of victims from a Sioux Indian attack. The Sioux were seeking revenge for the murder of the brother of their chief. The tragic event became known as the Spirit Lake Massacre. About 30 to 40 settlers in a small settlement were killed, and a militia had been sent to the lake through the terrible winter weather to provide relief. The relief party rescued some children who survived the massacre, but on their return trip they encountered a spring blizzard and many died. Jones had always wanted to run the route, but had only considered doing it nonstop six months earlier. He started his run in fierce winds of up to 35 miles per hour, and was crewed by his wife and parents who gave him liquids every four or five hours. He fueled on a cream of mushroom soup and a mixture of tea and honey. He explained the run's purpose.
1: The idea was to promote physical fitness, maybe to get some other folks out there jogging.
0: It was reported.
1: Jones had intended to follow major roads from Fort Dodge to the site of the massacre but was forced into using back rows due to heavy traffic, trouble with dogs, and having people mistake him for a hitchhiker and trying to pick him up. Strong winds also gave him trouble.
0: Jones succeeded, finished in 23 and a half hours, and was anxious to take a hot bath. A reporter from a national magazine went to do a story on Jones one day. He saw the nameplate on his desk that read, Captain A.M. Jones, and asked what the A.M. stood for. A sergeant nearby said, Captain America. The name stuck. Jones soon retired from the Marines and went on to live a life of performing amazing stunts. On the Jerry Lewis telethon, he lifted 260,000 pounds in 15 hours. During the winter in 1978, he marched across Iowa carrying a flagpole with flags of the United States and the state of Iowa. He finished that walk by plunging into the icy Mississippi River. The same winter, he followed it up by doing a 500-kilometer cross-country ski from Spirit Lake, Iowa, to La Crosse, Wisconsin. That summer, he dived 30 feet into a pit full of water and rattlesnakes in South Dakota in front of 2,000 spectators. His stunts continued on for years, including swimming long distances handcuffed. Jones gave out red, white, and blue business cards labeled, Have Guts, Will Travel. He said, Everything I do is a source of personal satisfaction. I think what I do can be a source of inspiration and motivation for young people too, to show them they can achieve higher goals and expand their perception of human potentiality. In the 1980s, Jones moved to Eugene, Oregon, and became the publicity director for Family Fitness Centers.
1: You can get all three and much more at Family Fitness Centers.
0: He later moved to Denver, Colorado. On June 2, 1990, Alan Jones was driving from Denver back home to Iowa. He took a detour off the freeway to visit with the parents of a friend who had served with him in Vietnam and was killed during the war. But Jones didn't make it.
1: His car strayed off the two-lane road and hit a rut along the shoulder. As he attempted to regain control, the car evidently spun, then rolled twice, throwing him out.
0: Sadly, he was not wearing a seatbelt. Alan Jones, age 43, was pronounced dead at the scene of the accident. His grieving father said,
1: Isn't it tragic that after all the dangerous things Alan did, that he had to die that way?
0: A Marine who served with him wrote,
1: The things that Al did with his life are
0: not at all surprising. He always pushed himself to the limit, but always would take the time to talk with you if you needed some help or advice, or just to tell a joke. Captain America was a true hero to thousands. Stay tuned for more 100 Mile History. With that, this is Davy Crockett, And this is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I hope you run fast and far, enjoy life, get outdoors, and most of all, stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances.